0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible
0: prophecy,
1: loudly declaring the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, for we are wasting here, waiting for His cleansing return, because the end is
0: where we begin.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. It is February the 24th, 2018. I hope you are in for quite a show, ladies and gentlemen, as we edge closer to war on so many different fronts. Clinton and I had a private conversation today. Something caught my eye. When I showed him it, Caught him kind of square. I have been doing the End Time Tribune for so very long, since the beginning of 2010. Along the way, I picked up the Bry, and in due time, a cord of three strands was created. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I really do wonder, after taking a second look over the news and the final moments up to the broadcast, I wonder if this very show isn't what we've been doing this shin gig dig for the whole time. You better figure it out, ladies and gentlemen, that the end is not where you escape. It's where you begin.
0: Is not an option. You must find the truth. Remember, not everything is what it seems. If you don't stand for something, you might fall for anything.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the end Time Tribune this week. It's good to be with you. Had a lot of good conversations today, spread out across the United States in a rare entourage. You know, ladies and gentlemen, people are beginning to ask me all the right questions. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, Clinton, how has your week progressed, and what's been catching your eye in the news this week?
2: You know, the the one thing I have to say is, you know, we talk about every week about how things are getting more difficult, how judgment is basically coming upon the world. And what we forget to remember as Christians is that judgment also comes with reward for, for those that have done a good deed, for those that have actually done what, what Christ instructed us to do. And the best way to describe my my week would be, and I, I can't even say this story correctly, so I'm not even going to try, but basically the parable or the story is kind of like a, an old wise lady and something happens to her and her grandchild's like, wow, you know, this just happened. You know, what, what do you think of that? That's horrible. And her response is, well, it may be good, it may be bad, we don't know yet. And then something else happens, and the grandma's response again, or the wise lady's response again was, it may be good, it may be bad, we don't know yet. And as things progress for all of us, we have to remember what side we're on. So now not a time to fear, a time to rejoice instead, because blessings are coming upon us. So that's how my week's coming.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, Bry, how's your week progressed, and what's been catching your eye in the news this week?
3: Been sort of an up and down week, I would say. Uh, sporadically, had been checking the news, checked it a couple of times uh, on and off this week. Kept an eye on stuff definitely happening here in the United States, but as is atypical, you wound up and caught up in the distractions here you're gonna miss the big picture and this last 24 to 48 hours was like a flood gate was just absolutely unleashed the amount of things that have transpired in that time period alone i just couldn't believe it when i was looking at it today earlier yeah
1: it's it's almost like uh God was setting up the end time Tribune here over the past. Well, I I would say you're right, twenty eight to forty or twenty four to forty eight hours. It seems like uh, you know he him hauled around all week and he decided to uh, all right, I better get busy with uh, lining some news up for these guys. And that's not funny, ladies and gentlemen. You need to wake up, and you need to realize that you're probably not the only one. Because today, uh, and I I normally don't get to have good conversations with people in the United States, but people have begun to realize that once they lay down all of their uh, pre-programming, they do realize that there's no secret return of Christ. And they begin to realize something is staring back at them from the prophetic text. That is the simple fact that the Lord thy God is coming. And you really are going to get a kick out of him. In more than one way. I mean, I discussed Isaiah today, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, where it screams that God the Father is going to have his day. And you will give him your due on that day. Whether you like it or not. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord will use his winnowing fork. Make no mistakes about it. And you are included. Clinton, you have the floor.
2: You know, I, I want to add on on that. We, we are all included in this. None of us get to escape. We all have the same beginning and we all have the same end. And it's how we choose our time between them determines what happens to us. I mean, that's the basic principle of life. I mean, if you're good, you should go to a good place. If you're bad, you should go to a bad place. I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell. And when you look at Scripture... I mean, it's all over. That's the the whole story. And when you look at scripture about this time, you'll also know that we are surrounded by wickedness. We are surrounded by evil. You know, I mean, you can twist it and pervert it any way that you want to and say, you know, that's demons all over the place or, you know, that's mind control or whatever you want to twist and pervert it to be. But what we know is we have become evil. All of us. None of us should gain entrance. But we should be happy to ask for it. Happy to look for it. Scripture tells us that up until the day of his return, they will continue doing their evil deeds. Bosses will continue cutting back on personnel so that they don't have to take a pay cut to make sure that they actually keep filling their pockets to pay for college or whatever they want to pay for. That is the name of the corporate structure. Not the big boss is taking a pay cut when things go down, when business goes down. It's more about give her the little guy. Make people suffer because, well, it's business. That's what business is. When, when did we lose our way to realize that you can be ethical and moral in the workplace? Why is it that you have to lie, cheat, and steal to make a living? Why is it that the salesman will convince everyone that they can, that they need to buy the product, even if they don't? That is our way. That is the Babylonian way. I mean, that's just very similar. And as we look at what's going on in, say corporate America, that is exactly what they do. Massive layoffs, store closures, but the executives, they continue to get bonuses. They continue to make multimillion-dollar salaries. Why? Well, at the expense of the little guy, the expense of the rest of us. And the reason for that is because, well, the only way you can grow your company is if you take market share. It's not like there's any, you know, emerging markets still out there. Most of them have been tapped into and most of them have been expanded into and McDonald's or other corporations have already been been there. So unless you have a niche, good luck. You're still in market share for someone else. Or to make your numbers look good, you're going to cut expenses, which means lay people off, which means cut back on workforce. Why is it that there are tons of jobs openings out there but no workers. Well, they are saying that they have a hard time hiring anyone. No, that's not the case. What they have is job openings that they have no intention of filling. The reason that they have no intention of filling is if they were in desperate to hire workers, the wages would go up because well, if you're fighting for Johnny over here and he is, you know, Harvard grad and he's amazing, and you have Bruce over here, who's a Princeton grad, and he's amazing, you're going to sit there and have a bidding war between the two of them to make sure you get the best employed. So you're going to pay more money for it. That's just how business should be. But if you have, you know, a job available out there, and both Bruce and Johnny apply for it, but you have no intention to hire either one, you can keep the wage down of what you plan on hiring the person because you never intend on actually hiring them. That is the illusion. That is what corporations have been doing. Why else are they closing stores and laying people off when their stock price is going up? That's, that's basic math. And why is it that the stock market continues to go up when you have corporate profits that are at the trillions coming in from overseas into their own company? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the game. We just freed up all these assets from overseas to come over so these companies can buy their own stock. The stock then goes up. Everyone else looks at the stock market going, oh, wow, we need to get into it. And they buy, bring it back up. We are in what's called a dead cat bounce. That is economics. Look into it. And it's going to continue going up until hyperinflation kicks in. If you haven't seen this before, look at Venezuela right now. Look at Zimbabwe in 2008. Same exact scenarios, same things. So you can live this illusion, play into it, and realize you're going to have a wonderful retirement. Everything's going to be great. You don't have anything to worry about because you'll be able to sail off to the Bahamas or whatever retirement you have, you know, prepared for yourself. You can continue playing that. Or you can wake up and realize what's actually going on out there, that the illusion is not necessarily real that the only reason that the dollars are flowing back into the U.S. stock market is because, well, the rest of the world is getting rid of the dollar. That is what's going on. And if you don't want to believe it, well, too bad. It's happening. I mean, we have Russia that just bought massive amounts of gold to the point that they are the number one purchaser of gold next to China, who's number two. It's not a, not a coincidence that their ally, Venezuela, is now going to open up a cryptocurrency backed by, you guessed it, gold. Oh, what was that called before? Oh, yeah, that was called the dollar before. <laughs> now it's going to be called the petro. So <laughs> keep living the illusion. Keep living the chase of the imaginary monopoly money or you can actually look and see what the rest of the world's going through. You know, Venezuela plans on increasing their production 70% this next year, backed by their petro currency that just raised $735 million in one day of a private sale. Private sale to Russia and China, and they spent $735 million in one day. But don't worry about it. It's Venezuela. I mean, (laughs) What could happen in a tiny country that, you know, has a dictator as a president that uh, uh, is backed by Russia and China? Um, I mean, it's not like Syria is like that. <laughs> it's not not how it is. But yet that is what is going on. You know, we, we talked about it either last week or the week before, how Rex Tillerson came down to Colombia, talked to the vice president about invading Venezuela. We talked about this. But – don't worry, the Dow's going up. The stock market's going up. We need to talk about gun control in the United States. That's, that's more important than talking about what's going on. I mean, it's not like we have any indicators out there that maybe something may be going on with food, you know, maybe going on with water. I mean, we talked about South Africa, you know, Cape Town's going to run out of water in April. We have all these things that happen in California that affected pro, uh, production of our produce, I mean, all the workers are leaving or we're kicking out of the country, so the food is rotting on the the plants. The wineries were destroyed. We have the, you know, at this point we have all these other issues going on with food across the globe. And we have this weird thing that comes out with KFC. I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they used to be called, chicken until they no longer produce chickens because the things had like six legs and six wings so they had to start going by KFC. i mean that's that's what happened with them well somehow now after they've already expanded the chickens now they're running into a shortage to the point that they're closing down stores in the uk because they can't find enough chicken to sell at their stores it's not that their stores are failing not that the stores are making money, is they can't find product to sell. And the sad thing is that product is food. That's not gonna affect us in the United States, of course. I mean it's not like we have an entire global structure that trades everything and, and it's not like China's actually buying all the farmland in Africa and you know buying major corporations in the United States to ship food to them. It's not like that's happening. But we forget to see that. So as this hyperinflation goes through the roof and things become more and more expensive, which they will because we're going to have more dollars flow back to the United States, basic economics is supply and demand. You have too much dollar in there. Demand goes down for the price goes down. The value of the dollar goes down. That's what's happening right now. The value of the dollar is going down. And then Trump comes out with this, you know food box plan where he's no longer going to go and and give food stamps he's going to give a box of food you know the the hair on the back of my neck stands up when i see this because well what does a black horse what does his rider do he basically makes it where you work a day's wages for a loaf of bread that's basically the description it gives so, in essence, you work a day 's wages for a box of food, so this program, yeah, it's needed because that box of food may go for five grand, and if you don't have five thousand dollars buy a box of food you 're not going to eat so you're going to have to put this program in place as hyperinflation goes through the roof to feed your public, which means unless you're incredibly wealthy you're going to be working for a box that's the the plan i mean that's the the system i mean there was a report and i couldn't even come to i couldn't even read it because it it disturbed me so much and it's so against the constitution but there are reports out there that people are going to jail for not paying their debts like a debtor prison and that's against the, the constitution in itself but that's what some corporations are doing if you don't believe me google it just look it up it's it's scary. So if you have too much debt, you go to prison. If you don't and you need to eat, you're going to work for a box of food. This is what, what is being put out there because of hyperinflation, because what is going to happen, what has already happened in Venezuela. So, yeah, stick to your, your morals. Stick to your values, you corporate puppets that are out there that, that look at yourself as, well, I'm going to fire this person. I'm going to get rid of this person. I'm going to cut this person's pay. I'm going to manipulate this person through accounting. I'm going to do whatever I can to get over on someone for my own profit. Those people, your day of reckoning is coming and is coming very, very soon. And if you don't believe me, why don't you open your Bible? Plain and simple. That's not from me. That's from my God. So open your eyes. Now, to the real news. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, you know, Trump just announced today that on May 14th, the U.S. Embassy is going to be moved to Jerusalem. Very interesting. Because when, when you look at it from the, the Jewish perspective, You have April nineteenth is Jewish, you know, the Israeli Independence Day. You have May fourteenth is gonna be the day that the embassy is brought back to Jerusalem, which is also the seventieth anniversary of Israel. So those are wonderful, wonderful days from the Israeli perspective. From the Palestinian perspective, not so much. The day that is chosen is a day called Nakba. Now I hope that I'm pronouncing this correct. It's N A K B A. But the the w- meaning of the word is disaster or catastrophe. In 1948, the Palestinian exodus was known as Nakba. It occurred where more than 700,000 Palestinian Arabs fled or were expelled from their homes during the 1948 Palestinian War. Between 400 and 600 Palestinian villages were sacked during the war while urban Palestinians were almost entirely extinguished. So when the Arab world comes out and says that this picking of this day is a, is being provocative against the United States or against the Arab world. Yeah, it is. It's not only a day that is chosen to rise up Israel because of the 70th anniversary Because of their founding But also a day to entice The Arab world This is a very important day That is coming up And You know I mean What is going on around the world Is this, this Game of, of chess Is the best way that I can describe it We have this country Trying to provoke this country We have this country trying to provoke this country until someone actually fires a shot. They've been firing shots through the economy, and and we've been talking about how they've been doing that. And, you know, we have a most recent one that was fired through the economy when the United States said we were putting the most harshest sanctions against North Korea. But what comes out directly after that is China says, no, no, we're done. No more. You, You can't put any more on there because it's affecting us now. And because hidden in that sanctions, they're actually putting sanctions against some Chinese corporations. So if you think about from an economic war standpoint, the United States has put economic sanctions and economic sanctions against China through different means. And we are trying to provoke North Korea. We're trying to provoke China in this way but we don't want to fire the first shot. I mean, it's just we, we, we're we poking the dragon is what we're doing. We continue to poke them in places where we see their weakness. We see their proxy of North Korea. We also know that China believes in the, in the one China policy towards Taiwan. And, well, you, the United States Congress was nice enough to initiate that conflict in January. When they voted on... The Taiwan Travel Act, and and what that is, is just basically, you know, trying to make more Americans to go travel to Taiwan, and tourists there and everything else. The problem is, well, China sees that they own Taiwan, and the United States can't make any policies with Taiwan because they're not a country. And the United States, for well, ever, has always said we will support that. We will not intrude on Taiwan in exchange for China not wanting to kill us. You know, that's that's the, the, the whole premise about it. So in January, that changed. In January, we fired the first shot. We've been arming Taiwan to the teal. I've written an article about that on my website. I think you can see where this is headed. China continues to tighten down on Taiwan as we continue to tighten down on North Korea. That's tit for tat. That's going back and forth. But we're trying to provoke them. We're trying to get them to fire the first shot. Just like Russia and Assad are trying to provoke Israel and the United States to fire the first shot. What is happening in Syria is scary. We have the Kurds coming down, or we have, sorry, Turkey coming down and attacking the Kurds. And we have Syria, that's supposedly coming to the aid of the Kurds. And, and part of it, the dilemma is, well, there's a lot of Kurds that were fighting against ISIS and that are Syrian Kurds, and they see themselves as Syrian Kurds, and they see Turkey invade and destroy numerous you know, cities and towns in the northern part of Syria. And so, of course, they want to join up with Assad in Syria to attack the invaders. I mean, if that, that's what a, a patriot would do. But the problem is, well, the United States is right in that realm as well. It's no secret that the United States is in Syria because, well, they recently came out and said they don't need congressional approval to stay in Syria, and they wouldn't necessarily say that unless they're already in Syria. And what the United States troops have been doing is they have been removing ISIS, and then they've been holding the land. So that way the Syrian government cannot take back the land. That's what the U.S. troops have been doing. So basically we are cutting out our own country in Syria. That is what we are doing with the help of, you guessed it, the Kurds. So we have Turkey coming down against the Kurds. We have Syria coming with some Kurds to attack Turkey And we have the United States that is right in the middle of it where both of these armies are heading towards. Do you really think Assad and Turkey are going to fight each other? Do you really see that happening? Or do you see Turkey and Syria turning against the United States right there? Well, it's a possibility. But instead, they use a different tactic. What they do... And this is what Syria has been doing, is they kill civilians to the point that in this last week, 500 civilians were killed, 120 of which were children, as a way to provoke the United States and Israel. They believe that we don't like the death of innocents, and they believe that by killing innocents, we will do something about it. And if we don't, they are gathering their armies to come after us. That is the easiest way to see it. And Israel, who is the only country in the world that actually endorsed the Kurdish independence vote that happened in Iraq, the only country in the world, do you think that they are going to let their only ally in the Middle East, which is the Kurds, Do you think they're going to watch them be destroyed? Or do you think they're going to step up and do something? Well, we're going to find out real soon. Real real soon. Because if Turkey and Syria start attacking American troops, do you think that we're going to stand down? As Americans, do you think the president of the United United States, Donald Trump, is going to allow American soldiers to die in Syria? Well, there's only one way that would happen. If this whole Russia gates, you know, investigation thingy, if Trump is actually backed by Putin, then having American troops die in Syria for no cause, that's one way to kind of prove it. If he is not backed by Putin and this hacking of the election or this manipulation of the election was a direct act of war from Russia against the United States, if that is true, then Trump has got to make a statement. He's got to do something to show that it's not true. So, well, that's coming to a head. We we see that is, is starting to come out as which is going to be the truth. Which is going to happen? Is Trump a pawn of Vladimir Putin, who is ex-KGB, who is brilliant, or is Trump actually an innocent bystander who is the wrong guy that was elected at the wrong time that you know anyone put in that situation would be in the same situation? Which one is it? Well, we're going to see. Because this is continuing to expand. And the little tidbit is this, endorsing of the Jewish 70th anniversary and allowing the embassy to move to Jerusalem. The interesting thing is January 14th, I believe it was, when Iran nuclear deal was ratified by President Donald Trump, he said this would be the last time that he ratifies it. Now, this ratification lasts 120 days. Yep, you guessed it. It ends up ending... (laughs) two days before the 14th. So basically directly before we move our embassy to Jerusalem, we renege on the Iranian nuclear deal. Two days. So if we do that, do you think we're going to have war with Iran? I mean, everyone's already said it. I mean, If we do not ratify the deal and continue ratifying this deal, we are going to war with Iran. And Iran said they can have a nuke within days. So do we have a repeat of when Israel declared their independence where all the countries around them attacked them that day? Are we going to have a repeat of it on this day? Not only marking the day of Nakba, But also the fact that we are going to pull out of the Iranian nuclear deal two days before then. The fact that we are poking the bear in Russia by making these sanctions, by attacking Russian troops or having them attack us. I mean, there was a report that came out this last week that the mercenary, Russian mercenary attack against United States soldiers that both the Russian government and the Syrian government knew about it before it happened, that they endorsed it. We have this mercenary war that's already happening in Syria between the United States and Russia. It's getting real, people. It's getting there. And by the way, Turkey, they have the second strongest army in NATO. So if they do not stay in NATO, which (laughs) there's no way they do, then you lose a major military force out of NATO, That is why they are pushing so hard to make a European army. Which, of course, is going to be run by Germany. Which, if that doesn't scare you, then well, then you haven't been reading your Bible. You haven't been studying history. You haven't even looked at the German prophecy of the rise of the Fourth Reich. I mean, all of these things happening at the same time. All of them happening now. You know, and We can only continue provoking each other for so long until one side snaps. And when that side snaps, it's on. Like, they have toys that they have wanted to play with for a very long time. I mean, Russia just moved in these two highly sophisticated jets And They're stealth bombers You only bring in stealth bombers When you plan on blowing something up Without letting people know Just to give you an indication of how far this is escalating The fact that Lebanon and Israel are About ready to go at it over the Natural gas reserves That are outside of both their countries This is on So you have to get real with what's going on and you have to realize that we're in this together and you have a choice to make either you continue doing your wicked ways. Like scripture says that the evil will do up until the end, you can continue doing your evil ways and you know what's going to happen. Or you can stand up, you can be recognized and you can go. Hey, no, I'm not afraid of my faith. I'm not afraid of who I am, and I'm going to sit there and and tell it and preach it and say it and let people know. Hey, open your eyes. This is coming. Because regardless of what you believe, it's coming. So Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, man.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. You look to the left, you look to the right, it really don't matter. You know, as far as this whole charade that uh, the UN Security Council unanimously passing a resolution for a 30-day ceasefire in Syria is an absolute joke. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, and a rebel enclave near damascus <laughs> was bombarded for the past week uh, after the vote occurred in new york activists said airstrikes were continuing i, I mean ladies and gentlemen you, has any of you did any research don't you realize that any civilian can buy a Hawker Harrier? You didn't know what a Harrier is, right? It's called a jump jet. Don't you realize that anybody can purchase that? Does anybody have any idea what a civilian can actually purchase if you have the money? I I mean, just, ladies and gentlemen, there's not going to be any ceasefire when it was just released last week that the Russians finally got a clue and have instigated their own mercenary forces because the Russians figured out, well, we have to go by resolutions, but uh, oh, wait a minute. We're still taking on aircraft fire. Ladies and gentlemen, we just recently informed all of you that our milita- we have military forces in 39 different countries. 39! 39! And ladies and gentlemen, if you think we're in 39 different countries to keep the peace, you're daft. You are nothing more than an (laughs) Allison that has created her own rabbit hole. I mean, you're just living in a fantasy world at this point. I mean, really. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you know that if you have the cash, you can go right now and buy a 5 Yeah, an F-5 fighter jet. You didn't know that? Any civilian can buy one? You didn't know that? <laughs> oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Um... something very strange is happening uh how can you have global warming and global cooling all at the same time okay when you check the weather maps uh something is not right ladies and gentlemen um Europe is witnessing its coldest spell in years. Uh, Asia, or parts of Asia, uh, plunged into Arctic weather. Frigid weather in North America, uh, look, after just a few weeks ago, it was once in a hundred year warmth along the entire northeast of Canada and the U.S. Okay, now we're going to turn right around And the North Pole will be warmer than most of the above mentioned. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you need to wrap your mind around this. The Arctic Circle has seen no sun for the best part of six months. But yet, the temperature maps... The temperature map shows that at the North Pole, 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the record highs for February established in the 1800s and 1900s were shattered all along the east coast of North America recently. And then within a week, it flip-flops. And nothing is making sense. Look at the weather. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Look at the jet stream maps, ladies and gentlemen. They don't make any sense. Temperatures climbed into the 80s as far north as New Jersey and the middle 70s as far north as Syracuse, New York, and Sanford, Maine, and mid-60s into Canada. The dominant high-pressure system is developing over northwestern Europe, is set to plunge the area into Arctic conditions over the next 10 days at least. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it's... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, look... You can't have 35 degrees at the North Pole when it hasn't even seen the sun in six months. Now I'm sorry if what I'm saying is upsetting to you, but you know, all know in your gut that's, that, that can't happen. The central and southern U.S. is just being absolutely flooded. At least three people have died in widespread floods across central and southern United States over the past couple of days. Friday, February 23rd, will be another day with heavy rain, which will further increase the risk of flooding along long-term flooding in the southern plains and lower mid-Mississippi and Ohio River Valleys. Some areas have seen four to five inches over a period of just several days. Okay, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, listen, because this has never happened to memory. On February 23rd, that was yesterday, a total of 233 gauges across the United States were in flood stage. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not possible. It's not springtime. How can you have... Ladies and gentlemen, how can you have 21 independent flood gauges for NOAA... 21 across Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan were in major flood stage in February, in February, ladies and gentlemen, in February. That is not possible. I don't care what you have seen on your local weather stations. That's not possible. It has never been possible in February. I mean... Surely you all know that right now in Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan, there should only be snow. Ladies and gentlemen, there should just be snow, nothing else. But yet, we have unequivocal proof that 21 areas in those three states are in major flooding. And we haven't even got to spring yet. It's just off the charts, and people won't listen. It just amazes me. I continue to look at the barometric pressure maps, and ladies and gentlemen, I've been looking at those pressure maps Since the late 80s, ladies and gentlemen I'm seeing things that that It's just not possible It's just not Um, And it's just I don't know how Best to, to relay it to you It's amazing to me what's going on. It's troubling to me that people can't remember their childhood. They don't even realize how things are supposed to be. It just blows me away. I've seen this headline this week, and it really did make me wonder. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it was released this week. This was the name of the article. Why are so many men dying at age 62 In America. Why do you think that was released in Israeli national news? Why were they conducting studies on American men? Why is that? You know... This week we had two U.S. congressmen, Scott Tempton and David McKinley, got arrested this week on the Temple Mount. Did anybody catch that? Did anybody catch that uh, swastikas were scrawled on Joseph's tomb this past week? Did anybody catch that uh, quite a stir was caused when they held an anti Netanyahu rally and somebody was caught carrying a guillotine at the protest? By the way, 10 more countries are in talks to move their embassies to Jerusalem. You better come to grips with this, ladies and gentlemen. Jerusalem is going to be divided. They are going to divide it. And, uh, you know, I posted some maps today that the Washington Post put up last year. The areas in question. They are going to put up fences or walls in Jerusalem. And that's the only wall you need to be concerned about, is that one. Not any other walls or any other fences or anything else like that. The only thing you need to be worried about is what God had to say in the book of Zechariah. Mm -hmm. That you need to be concerned with. Because it is obvious that everybody knows that Israel, its capital is Jerusalem. And everybody wants to purport that it needs to be the capital of Palestine. And they've been releasing maps for a while about how they're going to do this and that and the other. They're going to divide Jerusalem, but they couldn't do that until they moved the U.S. embassy there. Then it's going to be divided, and there's going to be two U.S. embassies there, one to Palestine and one to Israel. And if you didn't see it coming, well, you're not going to see him coming either. But he will. You'll find that out soon enough. We live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness. But what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? what if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to the End Time Tribune Let us pass the mic to the Bry. Boy Brian and I have been doing this for a while Been getting a lot of requests That Brian and I uh, Get back into our Bible study programs Caused a lot of Stir today when I posted just a picture. <laughs> posted just a picture. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the things you can see if you would just look would absolutely blow your mind. Bry, you have the mic.
3: Sorry about that. had to clear my throat here. I was getting something open in the background at the same time. You know, I would have to say that pulling up the news this morning, and literally, yeah, this was this morning at about, I'd say, 5 a.m., really got my uh, gears spinning into motion. You know, when you've studied history as in depth as I have when you looked at these things biblically speaking you looked at these cycles you begin to realize you know when you understand that these cycles that history was indeed made to repeat itself it starts To make things fairly simple and yet complex. Because that's uh, where it kind of boils down to is recognizing these patterns. And that's literally just even within the last 48 hours, it was just one big string of patterns. A repetition But a rather frightening repetition if you realize what you're looking at. Now, as was brought up, we had the infamous announcement stated today that the uh, embassy is going to be moved to Jerusalem in May, marking off the 70th anniversary. You know, this is... Something that Matthew and I had talked about in the background, because, you know, when you take a look here at Daniel 9.24, it says something very peculiar in the Hebrew. You see, folks, what it says in the Hebrew is not even close to what the English says. See, everybody has been told 70 weeks. I mean, here, let's read the standard English translation. 70 weeks are determined on your people and on your holy city to finish the transgression. And make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and seal up division and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Folks, but here's what it says in the Hebrew. It says 70, and it says 70. It does not say 70 weeks. It never did. Why is there two repetitions of 70 here? 70 70 determined. With this announcement that just happened here, with this moving in the embassy, it kind of hits you sideways when you realize what is stated here in the Hebrew. A little chilling when it kind of hits you, that's just one little tidbit because it just keeps building and rolling. Now I don't know. Where do I want to start moving with the rest of this because it's kind of a hard call to make. You know, in the United States this week alone... I would have to say that the actions of just, well, a lot of everyday people, for one thing, you ought to just kind of take a gander at some of the comments being made by people on social media in reference to the shooting that just happened in Florida last week. Because... You know, I don't know. At this stage, I've kind of come to the conclusion that the right has sort of lost their minds. Not all of them, but just, of course, enough of a sprinkling to give everybody a bad name. Folks, you ought to pay attention to some of the things that are coming out of these people's mouths. I saw threats being made against these kids. The NRA uh, had, she came out and said something that was enough to blow your mind this week. And, of course, tons of uh, varied financial backing groups basically said, we're done with you. And they pulled out any funding, any perks to people within the NRA. I mean, folks, you know, the NRA did start out, it was a bunch of hunters and all that, but then it got corrupted by... The manufacturers of different guns, you know, the same people, that infamous, that title everybody loves to run around using nowadays, that deep state, even though they have no clue of what that actually really is. Yes, folks, your military lobbyists are part of that infamous deep state that they have no idea what they're talking about. Hmm. It's rather shocking, isn't it? But, you know, this little story kind of catches your eye, because I don't know how long I've been warning about this nonsense. Right-wing media uses Parkland shooting as conspiracy fodder. No, folks, no longer is it just the tinfoil hat-wearing people or the Archon guy stating things like this. No, this has now become mainstream. See, everybody knows what happened with infamous uh, Mr. Propaganda Jones over on Propaganda Wars when the uh, Sandy Hook shooting happened. He stated it was all crisis actors. It was a fraud. It never happened. Well, guess what? He's basically pulled the same stunt again. But, you know, who pays attention to him? What about Fox News? Um... What about the Senators that are doing it? Um Wow, I mean, you ought to get a load of this article. Take a look at it. See, this is um this is what's happened in this nation. This is where the moral fabric has gone, and that's just, you know, a little slice. starts to disgust you after a while, but if I dwell too much in that area, I might begin to say a few things that I think at some point they should be said, but should I say them out loud? Probably not. Now, after getting off air last week, and I basically stated this on air on Saturday, and I find this article... Released on the 18th, the U.S. is executing a global war plan. This is written by Finian Cunningham. And there's a little quote at the bottom here that uh, it's rather interesting. The world is again on the precipice as it was before on the eve of the First and Second World Wars. Capitalism, imperialism, and fascism are at center stage. As analyst Randy Martin puts it, the American rulers are coming out of the closet to show their true naked nature of wanting to wage war on the world. Their supremacist militarist ideology is incontrovertible fascism in action. Now, I suppose, you know, some might be shocked by this statement. You might be at first glance, but then we consider what's happened here over the course of the last week in this last 48 hours alone. Now, as was brought up, the situation that's been going on with Turkey. This, This is been quite a mess for some time but everybody knows they dove into Syria and started attacking the Kurds in Afrin but there's a little tidbit that kind of went under the radar in western news this is right out of the Kurdish news sources out of Israeli 24 news and a few other spots throughout areas out there covering this early in the week also on the 18th Syrian forces signed an agreement with the YPG to back them in Afrin. They began moving in troops in to support them this week. See, folks, Turkey's committing an act of war just like the United States is committing an act of war in Syria. And yet, We have the big announcement on top of it this week as well that we intend to keep forces engaged in Syria. As a matter of fact, we're going to send more there. And that's where the little thing rolls around with what happened here with this uh, UN call for a ceasefire. You see, it's rather interesting. um, You know, just even the standard Reuters article points out the fact that You know, Nikki Haley comes against Russia before, how dare you stand in front of the ceasefire? And yet, if you pay attention to what was said, here's why Russia stood in front of it. They wanted 72 hours before they started it. Russia said, we want it now. Why did everybody miss that little detail? Lo and behold, they turned them, once again lifting up the sabers at Russia right in broad daylight. I mean, right in the original Western sources, if you actually look. I mean, I've had complaints around here, well, I don't like to look at Reuters because it's real dry. You know why I go there and I look at AP? You are aware that everybody pulls their news from those two sources. All news outlets have to pay A fee to those two news sources. So if you want the facts without the commentary, to get all the quote-unquote dryness, that's where you have to go. But that's only giving you the Western perspective. You gotta have both because you need to get also from sources on the ground to find out what is being stated there. And what else have we had this happen this week here before we round up to the last couple of days? Iran, again, had a major outpouring of protests, this time as with Sufis. If people don't know what Sufis are, well, it's essentially, as they would call it, a, uh esoteric or a mystical order, well, also known as dervishes within the Islamic belief system. Well, they were in clashes in Iran. It was actually some pretty huge protests. There were live video footage was basically put up all over the place. Just after that wave of the protests we had previously. Now we kept getting all these reports all throughout the week but the problem is the west tells you one thing in the middle east you're getting a completely different story okay here was the beginning story on the 21st syria 250 civilians dead in 48 hours now within the last 24 hours they're stating there's over 500 because of airstrikes because of bombings that have been happening in these areas. One group's pointing their finger, saying it was Assad, it's the Russians, and yet you got other information pointing at the fact that the West is doing it. Now, I'm not standing there with the bird's eye view. I can't tell you what in the world is going on. But when you got contradicting stories, That means keep an eye on it. And this is more and more and more uh, going on here with all this that happened with the uh, fights for bans against assault rifles. Not going to spend too much more time on that. My NMR, there is a whole heck of a lot more going on there. Had two dead, uh, 22 hurt, and a bomb blast in northeast Myanmar on the 22nd, and that's been coming up. Myanmar has actually been coming up big time all over the news in the last 48-hour cycle. As I've pointed out time and time again, Myanmar is one of the most important port routes for the One Belt, One Road. see here well this goes back into a bit of a twofold so something that escalated over the week and this has gone to a very dangerous place because the U.S. is now hitting Russia of course with new sanctions okay we've got let's see they're saying a cyber attack now there's meddling you know, this meddling, um, you know that, that whole McCarthyism thing which we'll just put on the back burner because, in reality, that's like the slightest of the problems. The big sanctions that are going into effect deal with Ukraine, North Korea. They've done the same thing with China. Now, the sanctions are one thing, but the big announcement that happened here within the last day or two, is the fact that they're actually going to start basically pulling ships over with either military forces or Coast Guard in the Pacific Sea in those Asian regions and start checking what's on board those ships. Basically, what they're stating is this is going to be a flat out embargo. It's going to be an oil blockade. Now, if you understand what started World War II, why it is that Japan finally got fed up and came in, why Pearl Harbor was launched, it had everything to do with that very same premise. But, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, the reports keep coming out that Russia's been supplying with them with oil. They were caught doing it. And China was caught supplying them with oil on ships. Um, guys, pull up the globe. Pull up a simple map. Go grab your Atlas if you've got a world Atlas. Take a look. Why would they have to transport that oil with a ship? They're landlocked with each other. That doesn't add up. But of course, you know, when we've already had massive tensions taking place throughout that area, especially multiple times now, at least there's been hundreds of reports now of very close call between Chinese and American, be it warships, planes, you name it, going through there. We've had China's been building those islands out there. We've had the stuff that was brought up concerning Thailand. A lot going on in that as well. But this is where things all start to kind of wrap themselves around. Brought it up multiple times now that this document... The national uh, security policy that was released... At the end of last year or earlier this year, stated that Russia and China were the two major threats to American security. It's not like they're trying to attack us physically. Oh, well, that's right, they're a threat to our economic security. We've had this discussion going back and forth about South Korea, North Korea. They're talking, you know, they want to patch things up and all that. Matthew explained the reality of that last week. I'm not really going to touch on that. Folks, you know, as much as be it the media here wants to state this, that, or the other thing on how great it was, you should have paid attention to what was coming out of the major diplomatic uh, people or the generals, the administration, what they were stating concerning this because they emphatically told you that once this Winter Olympics is finished here at the end of this month, they're not playing games with North Korea no more. And I mean, when you kind of go back and you just look at you know, a tiny sliver backwards in history. I mean, you can take it as far as you want. You can go all the way back to the Middle Ages, for crying out loud, if you want to go that far, because it's rather eye-opening. But let's just, you know, look back at 1979. I've brought up Brzezinski time and time again. Him and Henry Kissinger worked hand-in-hand. All the nice little strategies. Brzezinski's grand chessboard strategy is still the thing to this day now Brzezinski before he passed away was supposedly quote-unquote mad about the way things turned out in the Ukraine I have to ask really you see because in 1979 that's exactly what America did they goaded Russia to come over that border into Afghanistan you know, Afghanistan's got a history of destroying anybody that crosses into there. I mean, heck, do some historical work on Alexander the Great. Watch some documentaries. Heck, you can probably even watch the fictional, well, not fictional. It was fairly, had its accuracies on Alexander the Great. What happened when he went to Afghanistan? It didn't turn out too well. It doesn't for anybody that goes in there that's exactly what happened. That pivot point, that 2,300-year pivot point from the death of Alexander the Great fell in 1979. This same year, the Iranian Revolution broke out. Today alone, the amount of times that I saw the very name from that same group From 1979 in the news was utterly mind-blowing. The Mujahideen. Who are the Mujahideen? Well, they were the soldiers that essentially were being funneled. A lot of them came down through from Saudi Arabia, India, down into Pakistan, over into Afghanistan. Wahhabism turns into Islamism, oh, basically one and the same. You know, this is, for instance, it's where Bin Laden, that's who he was associated with, was the Mujahideen. In that circumstance, that trap that was sprung to bring Russia into the situation by them, You know, because later in history, some of those members went on to become al-Qaeda. A lot of the Mujahideen were completely, uh, what would you say, abandoned, kicked to the curb after, you know, their use. And they had no use for them. But then they realized, wait a minute, we can go stir up trouble in the Balkans. All right, send them there too. Yes, this is a long, drawn on history. But nonetheless, just a second. You know, ladies and gentlemen,
1: if you can't realize that these fighters are being recycled, the chess pieces are being played. You know, Brian and I have done extensive historical documentation on who these players are. Why they must biblically be put into play. The only thing that really matters here is realizing that all the chess pieces are pawns. You know, we have to come to grips with even why Mystery Babylon must be burned. You don't have to like it. It says that God puts it into the hearts of the Ten Kings to accomplish His pleasure. You know, ladies and gentlemen, with that in mind, you need to realize that I found news sources this week three or four different times, the same exact people that were supporting the Kurds were attacking them. You need to realize that God has set up an order Those players will always be in play, and he will always use them again and again and again. Brian,
3: back to you. Well, this is precisely the case. And, you know, this is exactly what is replaying itself again. You know, in 79, they managed to goad Russia to cross that threshold into Afghanistan. Okay folks, look at what happened when the Sir, the Syrian civil war broke out, Islamic State and the Ukraine. Okay. Not trying to bring any disrespect towards the Russians or Russia, but at the same time it's rather mind-boggling that they actually fell for the same ploy. Twofold, because they got pulled over into those conflicts again. Now, I know it's the you know the common thing that everybody likes to repeat nowadays that you know the, the Islamic State was created by the United States. That blah blah blah. No, look, folks, let's just cut to the chase. That's not what happened. Okay, in intelligence community terms, this is what is referred to as blowback. Basically, from meddling in the affairs of other nations or for instance like the 2003 Iraqi war and then occupation, that's what caused Islamic state to come about in its second incarnation. Yes, second incarnation. The history is far more complex than that. Regardless of that, they were formed. As they were being held in a black site, prison, all these people were brought together and were being held there. You know, and it really kind of frustrated me because... You know, somebody didn't, they didn't mean any harm by the statement, but they obviously did not realize what they were talking about. You know, they were pointing their finger at, you know, things going on in North Korea. And they said, well, the United States hasn't set up any kind of internment camps or concentration camps or whatever terminology you might want to give it. But I was just blown away, folks. You need to look into all of the black sites that are throughout Iraq, Afghanistan, and all these other nations, where people are being held without cause, without trial. Nothing. Okay, Abu Dhabi. The amount of war crimes that were committed there is literally off the charts. Okay, on top of it, in a lot of those circumstances, they brought in contractors. So they had the infamous deniable plausibility. Okay, this is what a blowback situation is. That's the exact same thing that happened here with the Mujahideen. Okay, because that blowback, well, that ended up working into being later known as Al-Qaeda. This is how bin Laden came about. Now you sit down and you pay attention to a lot of the documentation, historical documentation concerning bin Laden everything that happened with him, get your hands on some books written by people that gave some of the world's first interviews with him face-to-face. You're going to be rather stunned. The circumstance in 1991, you know, after everything that happened in Lebanon and all of that, but by the time we rolled around to 1991 with the Iraqi war, Okay, bin Laden's father was the owner of a massive construction company. Bin Laden himself was also a construction worker, you know, owned his own portion of that com- company. He was out building stuff for to help people out. He's over in Africa doing that. He goes down into Afghanistan, starts doing that. Like I said, the blowback from what happened there in Afghanistan You know, all these they come out of there and come back to Saudi Arabia. And then next thing they know, all of a sudden American troops are occupying their ground after all the oil tankers were hit by Iraq. You see when the leaders of Saudi Arabia at that point in time had the option of actually making use of all those people that were fighting as soldiers against Russia in Afghanistan, they instead opted to bring in the United States. That was a serious offense to them in their way of seeing things. That's what pushed towards that circumstance, towards that situation. Okay, and we see these same patterns keep repeating themselves. The situation is here... So much of this is aimed at stirring up conflict with, uh, with China, with Russia, with Iran, obviously Syria, which is a given at this stage... But this list doesn't end. Does everybody realize how much of the African continent, we've got forces on the ground there stirring up trouble? Why are we there? I mean, the uh, incident in Niger, you got to look into what really was going on and why they were even there. There's a drone base being built there. That's what started it. Great big article just came out about this in the Intercept this week. But that's where this is leading again. China and Russia both have already stated that they plan on getting involved with the situation in Afghanistan. You gotta be joking. Pakistan, oh my gosh, more trouble brewing there. They're slapped with, you know, they love throwing the sanctions around. Slapped them with even more sanctions now here. Just the whole thing's boiling. You know, that was one of the infamous things is, you know, at the beginning of World War One. You see, Germany did something that was a little bold. They hit on two fronts at once. This was a strategy that was being worked out basically from one generation passed down to the next. They didn't know. They had to keep tweaking it. They're like, this is pretty crazy. We don't know if we're going to pull it. We're going to pull this off. Well, they did. With the United States has set on a table as we speak is far worse. Because they're not only going to hit one front, they're going to hit multiple, and they're going to hit them like lightning. And they're moving every little piece into place. If you can't see the writing on the wall at this stage, I don't know what to tell you. The circumstance, like I said, with Turkey... I on top of it, too, I mean, people, I don't know if you're aware that Turkey took part of Cyprus years back. Well, they're getting ready to launch warships there again. They're threatening Greece. We're dealing with an inversion. Because, okay... Hit the rewind button. Turkey, Germany, remember they were having problems too? Still are, really. But then again, Germany's having its major issues right now. Merkel's government is having major problems getting off the ground. The entire Balkans right now, you've got an East versus West scenario in Europe. And the European Union. We're looking at World War I and World War II. It's happening all over again. Like I said, let's go back. Germany. Turkey. You know, I liked it how one historian put this. The Crusades would have only been a little blip. If it wouldn't have been for the fact that what? the Germany attacked Constantinople. The Germanic people, they came in and sacked Constantinople, completely collapsed the walls. So later, when the Ottomans came in and took Constantinople, named it Istanbul, well, it was the Germanic people at the time of the Crusades that already busted those walls down for them. They handed it to them. Don't you understand the inversion happening here? You know, take a look at Ezekiel 38, 39. Put that hook in the jaw, bring you about, turn you around. That had me baffled for so long until I saw an animation of that route that when those crusades began that were taken. Because as that... Infamous, uh, I don't remember if they were called pokes then or what they called them, but nonetheless, the Catholic leader at that time made the uh, infamous speech that started the Crusades. You know, they, they start gathering around France, Germany, all those, you know, areas. They do something peculiar. Instead of going straight to Israel, what do they do? They start there. They go to the crux of the... Eastern Roman Empire, which was in Constantinople. Then they turned around about and they head for the Holy Land. Folks, it's exactly what it's gonna look like the next time. But God explained something to you. Because Turkey will be coming with them. Togmara is Turkey. Okay. Gomer, that's the Germanic people, folks, which also includes French people, English people, um, people in the United States. Oops. Magog, well, that's modern-day Hungary. The Magar people. It's their original homeland. Okay, folks. Tubal, Meshek, you'll find them writing in. The Balkans, take a look at Romania. Everybody knows all about Transylvania. Pull up a map and start looking at some of those names. Oh boy, you're going to be stunned when you realize that Tubal is still sitting there in broad daylight. That whole coalition, those ten kings, that portion of which has always been through Eastern into Western Europe. Of course, we have the others on the list. And I saw the atypical stuff going on again this week. The stuff going on with Russia and Syria, with the trouble being caused here in the United States. It's been in circles. A billion, you know, quote-unquote experts for however many years are writing their infamous Gog and Magog war is coming articles again. Of course, stating Russia and China are Gog and Magog. No, folks, they're not. Never were. But that's, you know, embedded into uh, how many years of books and this, that, and the other thing. So, of course, that's what most people immediately think when they see those things. But it's not. Past the river Euphrates. That is the kings of the east. Speaking of the kings of the east, the Uyghur were in the news today, too. Who are they? Well, she's Islamic group. Pokarians they were known as, for anybody that's watched the documentaries on the infamous uh, red-haired, uh, tall, white people that were found out there in the Chinese desert. That was... Them. Possibly even descendants of the actual Huns. They're not certain. Nonetheless, it's probability. But they're one of the corridors for Islamism to cause trouble up by China. And they pulled back accusations against one of the big terror kingpins. China's pretty ticked off, as they should be, because they've had to put in massive. Reinforcements, military, everything out there in Xinjiang, China, because of this situation, all getting ready to spiral. Uh, man, I, I don't know. so many things happening here it's just ridiculous you know and it's it's not to say that the events you know here in America this week weren't important because yet at the same time why has it been so quiet as far as the atypical administration jabbing that seems to kind of duck down you know that one more guy was arrested in the uh, Justice Department's investigation which of course they kind of pointed out the same thing they pointed out with Manafort they keep pointing out Ukraine happened again but it's like it's been real quiet as far as the news media is concerned when all of this stuff is happening, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I was brought up about trying to get news off the TV. I don't even bother that anymore. I have tried here and there once in a while over the course of the last couple of years, even tried to pull up like, for instance, CNN International or something, you know, like BBC or whatever. No, it's You get maybe one fact in about an hour and a half of commentary, and it has nothing to do with anything. You can't get your news from those sources anymore. It doesn't work. Which means somehow you've got to be able to read it. It's going to take you a lot less time, in all honesty, as opposed to sitting and trying to gather anything useful off of what's on the television. Because it just ain't going to cut it. I don't know. I didn't exactly, I don't think, cover everything I wanted to. But at the same time, I think I probably said too much. So I guess I'll hand it back over for the last uh, 15 or so minutes here. Well,
1: Clinton, your comments, thoughts on what Brian and I had to say, I guess.
2: Well, I think, uh, I think we all showed everything is coming to a head. And it's all happening quickly. I mean, you, you talk about the news cycle, watching the news, I tried. And all they want to talk about is guns and the gun laws and how they're going to take guns away and how they want to arm teachers and how they want to put retired you know, military in the schools. And that's the cycle. They just want to get you wrapped up just watching that and looking at that and worrying about that, that you're not going to pay attention to anything else. It's the same strategy they've used around the world. And what I mean by that is if you look in every world where, where the United States orchestrated regime change, what do they do? They divide and conquer. They cause the country to go to war against itself, and then they come in and take up all the resources. The same thing is happening in the United States. You know, you watch one news broadcast and they're talking about how liberals are the devil and they're going to, you know, take away your guns. And then you watch another one and they're talking about how the conservatives are the devil and they're going to shoot up everyone because they own all the guns. And what do you think they're trying to do? They're trying to pin us against each other. You know, same thing with the immigration, with DACA. It's just trying to pin Americans against non-citizens. And that's going to mean that we're going to have to define what a citizen is. So, so this is just, this is orchestrated. This is designed to make it to where we devour each other. So yeah, continue watching that and continue buying in and continue getting scared and continue buying guns and everything else. It's not like they're actually going to go door to door and get the guns from you. And those of you that have hundreds of guns, yeah, they, they know who you are. They've, made those lists a long time ago. So if you want to continue watching that rhetoric, watching that fear tactics, watching how they are going to be divisive against all of us. Yeah. Don't bother reading anything. Or you can sit there and realize that's just orchestrated to cause a civil war, to cause a breakup of the United States, to cause martial law in the United States. That's what that is for. That's their propaganda. While across the pond, they're going to have World War III. That's what they're doing. So I'll hand it back to Matthew.
0: Yeah,
1: they're, they're, oh my goodness, they're certainly doing and they're certainly up to absolutely no good whatsoever. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, What's good for us is the absolute last thing on their minds. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's not two separate sets of Christianity. There's no such thing as a business set of rules and a personal set of rules. There's no such thing. And people need to come to grips with that really quick because that's what the majority of Christianity thinks. And it's going to lead to their doom is what it's going to lead to. Quentin, your website and closing comments, please, and contact information as you see fit. I'm not sure what happened to Clinton. So, Brian, your closing comments and contact information websites as you see fit, please.
3: Well, my, you know, closing comments would be this. I mean, yeah, we've got things that are distracting people in the United States. So things that are distracting people all over the world. At the same time, the irony is that these things are supposed to be happening exactly the way they are. And when you can step back and see it for what it is. Now, I, I like how Clinton explained that. You see them dividing us. Kind of like a civil war. You know, within the day timeline of those writers, Revelation six. And think about that for a moment with the first two. Add on that third, bring in the fourth. Okay, folks, every bit of what we're seeing, it's supposed to be happening the way it is. Once you can recognize it, then you can see past the smoke and mirrors. As far as my contact information, you can find me on Overt Attention on Twitter, wordattentionshow.com, and you can contact me at TheBandsOfTime at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Clinton, your
1: websites and contact information as you see fit, along with your closing comments, please.
2: Hopefully you can hear me now. It's, it's cut me off a couple times. Um, but the best way that you can follow me is on my website, uh, ClintonCoWatch dot com, um, or on my Twitter. Um, just look up Clinton CoWatch, and uh, uh, you'll find all the news broadcasts that we talk about and everything that uh, you know that is relevant of what's going on. Um, thank you, everyone, for your support, and may God guide you on your journey.
1: You know, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain something to you. Quentin and I did a broadcast here a little while back when the stock market dropped six hundred and sixty six points. Over the course of that week until now, it's been proven beyond any shadow of a doubt. The stock market can't crash. That's what you're looking for for hyperinflation to set in it's not going to happen that's not what God says what God describes is that hyperinflation sets in because of supply and demand now I hope everybody listened to that very strange news piece that Clinton covered that uh, they're having to close down restaurants because of lack of chicken now Brian and I have been covering for years now when articles would come out about fishermen fighting. Most recently, it came out in Great Britain that you better not get caught fishing off the shores of Great Britain if you're not a Brit. Ladies and gentlemen, hyperinflation is just going to be normal supply and demand as the food runs out. It's going to skyrocket. But you can believe whatever you want to believe. But, you know, set back and observe what just happened with this minor stock market blip. And Clinton read us off some numbers of the amounts of money that must have been dumped into it to get it going back up. He described to you how they're doing it. It's impossible for the stock market to crash. No, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking in the wrong direction. Scarcity is going to make things skyrocket, but we don't have to worry about that if the majority of the church is going to wind up missing an action, do we? Because the very window of opportunity this is going to happen, we'll have a whole lot less people, right? Oh my gosh, are you dead wrong? Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to believe what God told Isaiah or Ezekiel, Jeremiah. You don't have to believe what he told everybody that he used to write the Bible, God's holy word. You don't have to believe them. But God is going to have his day. Oh yes, he is. At everybody's expense. My name is Matthew Miller. You've been listening to the In Time Tribune. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.